From the wilderness of Kodiak Island, Alaska, this is Murder and Mystery in the Last Frontier with your host, Robin Bearfield. In a land full of peril and vicious animals, humans are the most dangerous predators of all. We've all seen the horror movie where a stranger towers over his poor, unsuspecting victim while she sleeps, and she awakes just in time to see him swing the machete toward her head. Imagine if this is no horror movie, but a terrible true event happening as you struggle to clear your mind from sleep and attempt to focus on your survival instincts. Now, what if you know the maniac wielding the machete and he is someone close to you? Can you fathom anything so horrible? Elan Morin had no choice. She had to grapple with the situation and spring into action. In one moment, her beautiful new life turned into a horrible nightmare. Welcome to Murder and Mystery in the Last Frontier. I'm your host, Robin Bearfield, and I'm broadcasting from the heart of the Kodiak National Wildlife Refuge on Kodiak Island in Alaska. On Saturday, December 1st, 2007, Christopher Aaron Rogers Sr., 51, who went by the name Chris, and his girlfriend, Elan Morin, 55, threw a party in their Palmer, Alaska home to celebrate the one-year anniversary of their relationship. Rogers' son, Christopher Aaron Rogers Jr., 28, who went by the name Aaron, helped Elan buy groceries and prepare his favorite meal, homemade pizza, for the occasion. During the celebration, Elan and Chris discussed their planned wedding schedule for June 21st, the summer solstice, and Aaron volunteered to oversee the flower arrangements for the wedding. Amid the frivolity sat Chris's dog, Bear, a half-English mastiff and half-wolf mix, weighing 150 pounds. Bear was very loyal to Chris and never left his side. After the party ended, Elan and Chris retired to their bedroom. Elan said she heard Aaron in the living room watching TV, and she listened as he went in and out of the house several times. She assumed he was smoking cigarettes outdoors and then returning indoors to watch television. When she awoke at 4.20 a.m. and still heard the television, she considered telling Aaron to turn off the TV and go to bed. A few minutes later... Elan froze as a shadowy figure walked into their bedroom. It was too dark to make out the individual's features, but she could see the person holding something long and slender in his hand. She thought the object was a stick, and when the shadow began hitting Chris with the stick, she reached over to grab the offending object and stop the beating. After two of her fingertips fell from her hand, she realized the attacker gripped a machete not a stick. As her mind raced to find a rational explanation for this nightmare, she briefly wondered if the intruder had also attacked Aaron. In a flash of horror, though, 
she realized the man hitting Chris repeatedly with the machete was Chris's son, Aaron. When Elan asked Aaron why he was hurting his father, Aaron said, You made me do it. Elan thought by now Chris must be dead. But a moment later, Chris rose out of the bed in one burst, picked Aaron off the floor, and carried him into the kitchen, where Chris collapsed and died. Meanwhile, Elan scurried to the bathroom. She shut the door, but couldn't lock it with her mutilated fingers and blood-slick hands. Aaron had whacked off part of her elbow and inflicted a deep wound on her leg. She huddled in the bathroom, terrified and unsure of how to save herself. A moment later, Aaron burst through the door and again began striking her with a machete. Elan told him, We're dead. You killed us. You can stop now. Aaron paused his relentless attack for a moment, and Elan thought her words had penetrated his deranged mind. Soon, though, she realized it wasn't her words, but Bear, Chris's huge dog, who had stopped Aaron. Bear gripped Aaron's pants and his teeth and pulled him away from Elan. Bear viciously chased Aaron out of the house, and Aaron jumped into his father's pickup and sped away. Meanwhile, Elan managed to lock the bathroom door with her teeth and dial 911 by tapping her engagement ring against the keypad on the phone. She told the 911 operator, We're dying here. He started chopping us up. My arm is barely on my body. Please help us. The 911 operator told Elan to remain on the line, but Elan said she couldn't because she was passing out. When the troopers arrived at Chris and Elan's home, they found pools of blood on the floor and crimson splattered across the walls. Elan was barely alive, but she managed to tell investigators it was Aaron who had attacked them. And she told the police if Aaron left the premises in Chris's truck, he is now armed with more than a machete. Before their dinner party the previous evening, Chris decided it would be safer to place his 357 Magnum revolver under the seat of his truck instead of leaving it in the house. Aaron now had a gun, and no one knew where he would go next. The troopers found bloody paw prints in the snow outside the cabin, and when they followed them, they discovered Bear whining in pain. The dog also had been hit by the machete. He was missing a canine tooth and had a six-inch gash in his chin. By Sunday morning, Anchorage police had learned about the domestic crime in Palmer and were aware troopers were still searching for the assailant. They knew to be on the lookout for the missing vehicle, but they did not understand the brutality of the Palmer crime, nor the unhinged individual who had committed it. They had no idea the vicious killer had driven to Anchorage, had a gun, and was looking for his next victim. Let me take a break for a minute and tell you about the sponsor of this podcast, Best Fiends. If you listen to true crime podcasts, you're probably like me and enjoy solving puzzles. A few months ago, I downloaded the game app Best Fiends, and I'm now on level 110. 
<laughs> this game is so much fun. Each level presents a different challenge, such as collecting apples and destroying slugs, with the help of my adorable little insect pals. Some levels I breeze through, but others I must repeat several times until I manage to complete the assigned tasks in the allotted number of moves. The two things I like best about this game are number one, you download it and play it offline, so it's a great game for a long plane ride or a camping trip. I live in the wilderness and have limited internet, so it's the perfect game for me. The second attribute I love about Best Fiends is you can play it for a few minutes at a time, so it's a nice work break. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Troopers checked to see if Aaron Rodgers had a police record, and what they discovered worried them even more. Rodgers was a habitual offender who twice had been caught stealing. He also had started two forest fires in Eagle River, had been arrested for domestic violence, and had two DUIs. After each conviction, the judge gave Rodgers probation and another chance. After the last DUI four months earlier, Chris and Elan agreed to allow Aaron to live with them and promised to supervise him in their home while he served his probation. Neighbors said Aaron seemed to be doing well and helped around the house with construction, painting, and yard work. Aaron Rodgers drove 43 miles from Palmer to Anchorage, where he abandoned his father's truck at a gas station. And, taking his father's gun and ammunition, he walked into a residential neighborhood. Around 7 a.m. Sunday, Aaron spotted 27-year-old Jason Wenger warming up his Ford Bronco in his driveway. Wenger was sitting in his vehicle with the radio playing, probably oblivious to his surroundings, when Aaron walked up to the driver's side window and shot him eight times times. Winger's body fell against the accelerator, and Aaron panicked and ran away, afraid neighbors would hear the revving engine and come to investigate. A neighbor walking his dog discovered Winger's body at 10.30 a.m. Winger's murder initially stumped authorities. Who would want to kill this young college student on his way to church? The crime made no sense. Jason Winger worked with developmentally disabled folks and had a big heart. He was well-liked and did not seem to have any enemies. After murdering Winger, Rogers crawled into the woods and took a short nap. He then walked to a nearby convenience store and bought beer and cigarettes. At this point, Aaron later told authorities he no longer worried about being apprehended, but just wanted to kill a few more people along the way. After resting, Rogers began to wander through the woods. He saw Elizabeth Rumsey walking down a bike trail while she talked on her phone. Elizabeth, a law clerk for the Alaska Supreme Court, 
had been helping with an event at a local theater and now was headed home. Aaron approached her and asked her if she knew what time it was. Aaron's appearance frightened Elizabeth, and she began to walk faster. When she was within a block of her home, Aaron opened fire, shooting her three times. As she fell to the ground, she lost her grip on her phone, but she called out to the friend with whom she had been talking and told her she had been shot. Residents heard the gunshots and called police. Elizabeth Rumsey was rushed to the hospital at 7.20 p.m. Despite serious injuries, she survived the attack. Aaron Rodgers later said he shot Elizabeth because she seemed nervous and he feared she'd recognized him. The random shootings in the city confused police, and neither Anchorage nor Palmer authorities realized they were hunting the same person. After the murder of Jason Winger and the shooting of Elizabeth Rumsey, Anchorage police remained on high alert. At 7 a.m. Monday, December one 3rd, half hour later, architect police spotted Deke's started his stolen Jeep Cherokee, Cherokee in his driveway. And after a brief pursuit, Planning to let officers the ran the vehicle, returned to the work pinning of it his between a power pole and a tree. When Deke Rogers stepped out of the to Jeep, shoot the officers, Aaron Rogers, but his gun who had jammed, been hiding nearby, and police arrested Rogers without further incident. Six of Once Aaron's he was shots in Deke, Rogers and then Aaron bashed Deke in the head and with the butt of his revolver, and to wounding Elan Morin. Elizabeth Rumsey Aaron jumped into the Jeep Deke. and sped down the road. What caused Deke Aaron tried Rogers to call to, to his wife, on his murderous but one rampage. of the bullets had punctured a lung, Morin and he could not draw enough breath to speak above Aaron a might have taken some of her prescription Deke's medication wife heard the gunshots, before he began but his dismissed them as fireworks. Aaron told Despite police his critical he attacked injuries, his father and Elan because he managed was angry to withdraw his cell phone from his pocket and dial 911. He also told troopers the machete attack required too much Deke energy described his assailant and he would have preferred very thin, to shoot them bearded, if he could have found his and dressed gun. in a dark blue jumpsuit with a hood. With the aid of Deke's description, police finally understood they and the troopers in Palmer Rogers were chasing trial the same man. In both Anchorage they and quickly Palmer. pooled resources for the Palmer and began of his searching for Aaron Rogers, charged him with Deke's the murder Jeep of his Cherokee. father, Christopher Rogers Sr., the attempted murder of Elan Morin, animal cruelty for hacking Bear with his machete when Bear pulled him away from Elan, and several other charges. In Anchorage, the charges included the murder of college student Jason Winger, the attempted murders of law clerk Elizabeth Rumsey and architect Thomas Deke, robbery and assault. Rogers was found guilty on all charges. In November 2009, an Anchorage judge sentenced Rogers to 309 years in prison. And in January 2010, a Palmer judge handed down a sentence for an additional 189 years in prison. Rogers appeared at the Palmer sentencing with a long beard and a shaved head and eyebrows. His eyes remained downcast during the proceedings. When asked if he had anything to say, he told the court he was sorry for what he'd done and regretted his actions had affected so many people. 
He said he wished he had never been born. I wished I could die today, Roger said. I do hope that capital punishment is passed in Alaska, and that I'm eligible for that, because thinking about my crime and what happened every day tears me apart more than people believe. Rogers appealed his Anchorage and Palmer convictions and lost both appeals. Bayer, the dog who pulled Rogers off Elan Morin and then chased Rogers away from the house, received local and national citations as a hero. Sadly, though, Bear died a year and a half after surviving his wounds from the machete attack. He was 10 years old when he died from cancer in Elan Morin's arms. Elan says she believes Bear not only saved her life, but possibly also the lives of their neighbors in Palmer. Thank you for listening. And please check the show notes to find references for this podcast. I am an author, and I write Alaska wilderness mysteries. I've written four novels set in the wilderness of Kodiak Island. I also write a monthly newsletter about murder and mystery in Alaska. Check the show notes for more information on my novels and my newsletter. I'll be back soon with the next episode of Murder and Mystery in the Last Frontier.